Hello and welcome to Final Games, a podcast about the games that inspired us. I'm your host, Liam Edwards, and thank you ever so much for joining me for the 47th time to once again send another somehow willing games industry member to a deserted place to play just eight games for the rest of their life. I've caught my guest during a period of transition in her life, as she currently is in her third week, I think, in her new role. My guest gained a bachelor's degree in video production from Ohio University, and unlike myself and many of my friends, it's safe to say she put that degree to good use, having worked as a producer or assistant producer pretty much ever since. She first got her start in the video games industry working as a PR specialist, though, for a family-friendly game company called Zoo Games. A few roles later, and her expertise and love of video games landed her a role as a senior producer at the one and only GameSpot. Where you'll probably know her best, for over three years she brought you excellent video content for the site, as well as your daily news. Until last month though, she announced she was leaving GameSpot to tackle a new venture, while still of course carrying on with her excellent and fan favourite series, Resident Knievel. As I mentioned previously, she's currently into her third week of her new venture at the huge streaming website, Twitch, where once again she's working as a producer to bring you excellent video game content through streams and videos. My guest this week is the lovely Miss Mary Kish. Hello, Mary. Ooh, that was impressive. Thank you. That felt really good. It did it. Really good just, to hear, just like, oh. Hear my life like that. God, that I sound really... so good. When someone, <laughs> when someone puts it out like that, God, I sound amazing. Sound <laughs> Sounds important. Yeah, that made me feel really good. It's great to be here. Thanks, Liam. Thank you so much. And I mean, it's taken us a while to get here, hasn't it? Really? Yeah. We've I mean, had your whole problem- life flashes before your eyes. Well, even the, trying to get this podcast recorded has been like <laughs> going to the ends of the earth. I have messed up the time zones for this podcast. I think like twice now. Yeah, um, and my life has gotten in the way as well. Um, you know, basically like when you even mentioned this to me, I said, I, abs- great idea, I'd love it, you're not going <laughs> to believe this, <laughs> but I'm quitting my job and I'm doing a different one and my life is in shambles and patient we were until we got together. Yeah, we were incredibly patient and now we are here today and already my internet didn't work and we have a <laughs> yeah. little bit of a stricter time schedule, but the goddamn it. We, God damn it, we said even if the earth ended, we were doing this today and we were going to get it done. That's so. right. If there's nothing else that I can do with my life, I'm going to this goddamn island. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, it, as we were speaking before, uh, the deserted place seems maybe a little, a little like a safe haven considering what's going on in the world. Yeah, it's a troubling time and we were laughing a bit about just, you know, you see it on any public media but Twitter especially when you look at the beautiful days where you're yelling about whether or not a dress was blue or yellow and now people are (laughs) freaking out and everybody's afraid and it's just it's a tumultuous time and it's 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 troubling it's it's incredibly strange but uh, something refreshing like a deserted island you know we have to go to those extremes (laughs) to get some peace out of our life my bags are packed Liam (laughs) ready to go well you are a very busy lady so we we're gonna press on a little faster than usual um but I just before we move on to your games that you're here to talk about, let's talk a little bit about then your new role and what you're doing. Because I think people extensively who are listening to this will know who you are. They will have seen your face for many a year uh, over the wonderful years you were at GameSpot. But now you're at Twitch. Um, so how's that going? And what is it exactly that you are actually doing? 
Yeah, people probably recognize me most from, um, you know, being scared on GameSpot. They always used to throw <laughs> me in front of scary games. You know, I was like doing the PT demo or I'd, they'd make me play Resident Evil games or something. And um, I really enjoyed that. But my favorite thing to do at GameSpot was the live shows. Um, GameSpot taught me so much, taught me how to produce a live show, how to work on E3, uh, how to operate a TriCaster. All that stuff was like really fascinating to me. And um, I'm always someone who's trying to learn more, like the next thing, what's next, what's next. Um, I love editing stuff about video games, but I wanted to learn something new. So Twitch gave me this awesome opportunity to utilize all my love of live uh, and work on internal Twitch live streams. So uh, Twitch has its own internal team and we kind of like use it just to like highlight really good live streamers and make our own internal shows. And we've only have like two right now, but we're gonna, like the goal is to like ramp that up this year and have a bunch of awesome live shows dedicated to like really good streamers or really good games and just giving people uh, sweet content. So I'm, I was like really driven to that. Yeah. Um, also just like use something else. That's kind of like what, what pushed me to do it. So um, right now I'm a little silent and um, some people weren't happy with that. Everyone was like, I used to see you like every day <laughs> too much, kind of annoyed me. Now I like, where are you? And it's just like, I'm behind the scenes working a little bit more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, in the shadows right now, but it's not forever. It's, uh, you know, like there's a lot of pre-production that goes into a rad show, as yeah. I'm sure you know. And so uh, a lot of this is pre-production town, but um, you know, some really good stuff coming this year. I'm really excited about 2017. That's awesome. And that was yeah. like a perfect analogy for the internet as well. It's like, God damn, I used to see your face every day and it got really annoying. Now I don't see your face at all. It's really annoying. It's like <laughs> they, they, they just want it every way, don't they? Um, That's right. What I, what I find a little amazing is obviously if Twitch have their internal team, Twitch is a massive website, like absolutely massive, like hundreds of right. thousands of people, like all the time. Are you going to able to like, you know, secretly put yourself front page Twitch all the time and be like the oh. most watched streamer in the world? Yeah. Secretly, Justin TV will become Mary TV and I'm just going to have you guys watch me eat all day just every other then, stream links to yeah. your stream of <laughs> yeah, your life mostly me eating cereal all the time <laughs> uh, i feel like it's pretty solid content uh it hasn't been approved yet this is in public uh but some some pretty hot cereal streams coming our way i have no idea like what my goals are right now i still have so much of this stuff is up in the air you know and like yeah it's kind of scary but it's also the excitement and the lure of all this is I have no idea what I'm getting into. Uh, there's a lot of things that I'm going to pitch and they're going to be like, that's stupid. And there's going to be a lot of things <laughs> that I'm going to shoot for it and I'm going to get it. So I, uh, you know, a lot of this stuff is like super up in the air. I have no idea what I'm doing. I have no idea how much uh, I'm going to be in the eye yet. But my plan is to at least, if nothing else, whether or not my face is on it, that people are going to love it. So that's the goal. Well, speaking as someone who used to watch a lot of GameSpot stuff with yourself and Danny and all the team and uh, I'm sure it's going to be great so good luck to you in doing Thanks, that dude. and I'm sure people are going to really 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 enjoy it but obviously we are super busy today oh my god it's like seven in the morning here in Japan and I already <laughs> feel super pumped about my day like speeding by me um but you're here to talk about eight games eight games that you're going to take you to this deserted place and um really interesting set of eight games I must That's say right. I want to mix it up I want to mix I've, it up a little bit 
that I'm very interested to talk about. So we're going to dive straight into it today. We're just going to we're just going to fly to this island immediately and get playing these eight games. And um, we're kicking things off with a Sonic game, but not a Sonic game. I think anyone's going to guess. So why don't we listen to some excellent music from this next game and let's dive straight into Mary's final games. So kicking things off, Mary, you have chosen a Sonic the Hedgehog game for the Genesis or the Mega Drive, as it's known for me in Europe mm -hmm. and also in Japan. Um, it was developed by Sega's Technical Institute, um, which is not a, a team that is really known for too many things. Um, but you haven't really you haven't really picked a Sonic game, have you? You've picked a pinball game disguised <laughs> as a Sonic game. Um you picked Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball, which released back in November of 1993 uh, and recently got an iOS port last, like, a couple of years ago, I think. Um, Mary, the first game you're taking with you is Sonic the Hedgehog Spinball. Why? 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good question. Uh, it's uh, something that has a, a lot of value to me. It's um, not just a game that I played in my childhood, but it's probably like one of the most iconic because it's so unique. Um, how often do you have like your beloved characters in a pinball-esque style game? Um, <laughs> still has a story. It's still got the characters you love, but yeah. it is pinball. It was hard. It was difficult to play this game, and yeah. I have such fond memories of it. Because I think it was uh, like, I, it was a combination, wasn't it, between like being a platformer and also being like a pinball game. But yeah. the I I from what I remember and what I've read is that the the platforming elements of it, which is what Sonic is known for, was actually really bad. Like not <laughs> bad, but kind of poor compared to like the pinball element of the game, which is strange considering it is like the second best platformer out at the time next to Mario. Yeah, it had a, a bit of a delay with some of the jump, and um, I think. As a kid, though, you know, this was like before I even looked at reviews. I understand that back in Mary's childhood days, I played what was ever was in the sale bin. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. we played I, them to death. You know, yeah. I grew up with the Genesis and I just got whatever I got. <laughs> you got and that one was game it. a year and that was it. And you played it to death because that's all you had. I get that. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And that this game was like the mecca for me. I mean, when I played Sonic and Tails, for example, which could have been on my list. And I actually thought about it because, you know, I love that game. But uh, my sister was really good at it, and I was always relegated to playing Tails. So I didn't actually get to play very much because Tails <laughs> just kind of, like, floats off into the ether and then comes back every once in a while. We're not actually playing the game. So I didn't. I, I, it was a really hard thing to put that on my list. Whereas 
sonic spinball was something that I got to choose and I got to put it down and I felt really proud to be able to 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 play this game and be reasonable at it. I'm not going to tell you I was amazing because this game was hard, especially like for anyone, but for a kid. I mean, I suffered with this. But during all these long nights where you had all the hours in the world to kill, it gave you a lot of objectives and a lot of things to, to shoot for. I mean, these gems were really clear and obvious and golden, and they looked so important. I mean, they were blue, literally, but you know what I mean. Like, they were just these these unbelievable things that everybody wanted to obtain and they made them seem so important that when you actually reached for one, Sonic like throws it in the middle of the screen. It's like, and you just feel <laughs> like you have done something incredible. It was really important to me. Uh, so it, it had this like drive when I was a kid that it was just like one of the best games. Um, and for a game, you know, when you're taking it to the island, you want to, you want to really it's not just about taking the time, right? Because I'm going to be on here for the rest of my life. Um, every time you play pinball, it's different as opposed to when you play um, any kind of just like, I don't know, regular game, you're just going to go through the same levels in every way and everything's going to be as you remembered it. You know, it's like the same thing. But pinball is different every time. You never know which way the ball's going to go. So it's, uh, it's a nice way to kind of mix it up and have that refresh every time you're playing it. It's quite amazing, really, because when I was reading about this game, because <clears throat> I don't remember playing it, although I had a Genesis, I don't think I've actually ever played this game. And I was reading about it for this, and it's amazing to think that we are now here, 24 years later after this game was developed, and you are about to take it to a deserted island. This game was made in only 60 days. <laughs> they developed yes. this game in only 60 days as part of like something for the team to do over like the holiday season after like a lot of the staff were developing Sonic the Hedgehog 3. So like this was like an afterthought for 60 pe for like people to develop in 60 days. Like I can't even get out of bed in 60 days. Like <laughs> How they developed People a game. You can't make anything good in a game jam. This is like the ultimate game jam. Yeah. Stressed a bunch of dudes out and how to make some crap. And I yeah, love man, it. like stress people out for 60 days that 24 years later, some like a gaming personality would be choosing this game as a valuable like piece of their memory from their childhood to take with them to like a deserted place. I find like quite weirdly cathartic and incredible that those guys must have been vindicated for all their hard work back then. <laughs> um, when you go to a deserted island, people, uh, I'm sure a lot of people want to take something nostalgic, something from their childhood that reminds them of good times that they can like weep silently to themselves in this deserted island and yeah, absolutely. when they weren't alone. That probably happens a lot. Um, and I have those. Like I have so many uh, nostalgic games and uh, people who know me know me best for uh, probably like a lot of Disney classics. I always stream Disney classics anytime we do um, a long stream. So like Disney Aladdin or Disney's Lion King. Oh yeah, um, I, th I think I caught you and Pete Brown from GameSpot playing Aladdin once. I think I... It's right. We're always playing those. They're really good. Like I love them. <laughs> like they're really good. But if I'm going to a deserted island, I want something that plays fresh every time, something that really mixes it up. Um, so it's probably not a platformer that has the same thing going on. Um, Sonic Spinball is unique each and every time, and it's always got something to mix it up for. And even though I've seen this, um, I just blew my mind, by the way, because uh, I was doing a ref refresh on Spinball, and I saw someone beat it on like a YouTube video, and it like it was like 13 minutes. I was just like, oh shit. That game took me like <laughs> six hours to like play through. Every time, it takes so long. I have to take a lot of time and I do really careful. I'm obviously not a very good pinball player, but like this would take 
a lot of time for me to do. And what I love about it is I could like learn to adapt my style and skills and like speed run it, run it, and I would still get that awesome, rewarding feeling of nostalgia. I would still feel really validated that like this was something that that brings good memories of of my youth of my mom giving me like one game for Christmas you know and like I would get really excited about whatever it was because I knew I was going to play it for a really long time and I only have like one negative gift that was Casper like, okay fuck that game um, <laughs> it's a bad game I don't want to talk about it but like Sonic was a good, that was a good game to get for Christmas. And uh, this is just like a really good feeling of family, but it's also good for skill. So it's like kind of kind of like ticks all the boxes for me. That's great. That's such a good start as well. Such a like heartwarming and a, a different game as well. And, you know, as I always say to everyone who is going, like, if there is a challenge to be had, this is the place to be going to do it. So, you know, as the years go by, hopefully you'll be able to reach that 13-minute record yourself. That's, you'll get that's the so goal. Good. You'll take get down so that good. YouTuber. <laughs> <laughs> just take on that one guy. Just like, that's... in your face. In, in your face. <laughs> oh, right. I'm alone. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find a way of you uploading the video. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Well, I think it's about time we jump into your next game now. And we, I think we need to talk about your little deserted place as well, where you're going to be heading. So why don't we listen to some music from this next game? And let's dive straight into it. Before we jump into your second game, um, we need to talk a little bit about the place that you're going to be heading. So the deserted place. I've, I neglect to call it an island anymore because of this certain rule, in a way. Um, we allow you to choose where you're going. So it has to be a place from video games. Um, but there's going to be no one there. It's going to be deserted. So, you know, if it is an island, then technically it's a deserted island. But more than likely, it's going to be a deserted place. Um, mm. So you can choose anywhere from the realms of video games, like a nice place. Or it, I know you have history of scary games. If that's the abuse you want to put yourself through, then it's <laughs> totally fine with me. Um, but is there like something that immediately comes to your head? A beautiful video game world in which you wouldn't mind spending the rest of your days? My god, Liam, there is. There's uh, a lot of like whimsical island places when you think of video games. Uh, but probably the most iconic to me is one where you get to freely uh, just kind of sail from island to island in your own adventure. And you're never scared and you're never worried about all the stuff that's going on in the world. You just sail, and that's Wind Waker. It's like the most 
peaceful way to uh, be on a huge grand adventure but not feel over encumbered by it. And that's kind of the feeling I always got when I play that game was that like I was always at the right place at the right time. I was never frustra frustrated or like flustered by how much was going on um, and all the stuff I still had to get. I was I was sailing. Like that game is so zen. It's the most it's like one of the most <laughs> relaxing games. Um they did such a good job uh, with the feeling of it. And even when they when I got fast travel, I was like, nah, I mean, like, that's cool. Um, but one of my favorite things to do is is coast. And, uh, just, just fly I, I along. I take my time. Yeah, oh, forever. So I guess Hyrule from Wind Waker then, um, which you're just showing your talents as a pro here because massive segue into what is your second game. I don't know. You must have planned this. What a what a... I what a plan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you softballed it to me. <laughs> uh, maybe I did. Maybe I should have pushed with this next game all the way back. But if we're sending you there, then we might as well talk about your second game, which is a game that is developed by Nintendo EAD and directed by the one and only Aonuma-san. Um, it released all the way back in 2002 here in Japan and then back in 2003 uh, in America and Europe. But we also got a HD re-release for the Wii U back in 2013. Um, Mary, The Legend of Zelda The Wind Waker is the next game you're going to be taking with you. And you're going to be going to the beautiful world of The Wind Waker, which I can absolutely agree with you, is so zen and so wonderful. But Mary, why are you taking it with you? Is it weird to play Wind Waker in Hyrule Wind Waker? Like, is that... I mean, this show's got so meta sometimes that I can't even keep <laughs> up anymore. I just accept the rules. <laughs> I think yeah. even I'm a, I'm a whim to the rules these days. The rules days. are the rules. Um, yeah, like, there's just, like... That's, like, the perfect one for me. Uh, not just for, like, the world for me to exist in, because I, I really enjoy um, how peaceful and how wonderful uh, the environments are. Um, but the game itself is just like really delicately balanced where um, you are enjoying the highs and the lows of action. So you, um, it's just really good pacing from puzzles that can get pretty intense sometimes, um, all the little things you're just trying to tick off, whether it's like going to like all the different statues and um, collecting everything that you need um, or just uh, sailing along. Something where there's like nothing going on at all and you completely empty out your brain I love that, by the way. I love sometimes playing a game and just not having anything going on. And that feels really good to me. Uh, yeah. Games aren't just about accomplishment. To me, they're also about escape. Um, it's like a book. It's probably like the best book I ever played, to be honest with you. <laughs> it's, it's weird because Zelda obviously is always offered this sort of adventure-style escapism, but I've never felt like truly... I feel like sailing on a ship between island to island is about as like adventurous. I think it's why I like One Piece so much. Like the idea of like setting out from one island across the ocean to another is like the ultimate adventure. Like that is the I don't know the definition of adventure to me. Um, yeah, it, it's like another one is probably that it's like almost feels never ending, right? Like an adventure shouldn't feel like once you get to five, it's done, right? Like, I yeah. like the idea that it could always go on. Um, and to me, that's 
that's so rewarding because it, it feels like I belong there. I, if it's a good enough world, I don't want to go. Yeah. I'd like to just stay, please. So um, <laughs> that that was always a really good one to me. Um, and Wind Waker is a, an interesting game to me because I've played um, several, not all Zelda games, uh, but I've played a, a good chunk in my time. Uh, Wind Waker came late for me. Uh, I played it for the first time uh, on the Wii U. Wow. Actually. Yeah. Um, and it holds, it and, and I think that's a testament to how well that game holds up. That e- even brilliant. in such a game that has maybe sometimes can be a little drawn out, and but you know you played the Wii U version and, and you're choosing Absolutely. it. That's, that's quite incredible. Yeah, it's a uh, it's something that happened. I think the reason I have such fond memories of it is uh, again here we go back to Christmas. But every Christmas um, now that I'm an adult. Uh, I get this real nice, this real nice thing that happens in the game industry, uh, where there's no news and nobody releases any video games, and we all decide <laughs> to shake hands and go home for like ten days, and that's impossible. Like it's insane, and it's just the most magical thing that happens in our industry because like we work crazy hours, and news yeah. can happen on a Sunday, right? And yeah. sometimes jerks release an embargo you know, on a Friday night. And it's just like, well, thanks, you know, like my weekend <laughs> shot. And like for the rest of my life, like God help you if you have a birthday or a wedding or a baby during E3, cause it's not happening, right? Like your life stops for video games, but on this magical 10 days a year, typically from like two days before Christmas until like two days after New Year's, we just all decide not to talk about video games for a little bit. And I get to shut down and two years ago, I shut down and I turned on Wind Waker and every day I woke up with a big freaking smile on my face and I made myself a coffee and I sat down at my TV and I played Wind Waker for eight hours or more for like over a week and it was amazing and I got everything. I got every tidbit out of that place. I kept fishing even though I didn't need anything anymore and I just... I got so excited to be in that world and it was no pressure, there was no stress, there was nothing. And I have such fond memories of it that if I was to go to an island and maybe be worried about my life or what was gonna happen and like do my loved ones know where I am and like <laughs> like when I die, like do the you know, are the crabs gonna get me? I don't know. <laughs> like Wind Waker will make me just zen out and be chill with the way things are because it is an adventure like life is an adventure that game is an adventure and it ends when you die so just go don't worry about it that game is like uh super philosophical to me it's just like a good way to live your life man it's like not worry about it just go not worry about it just float from island to island just seeing how it goes yeah like I think that's good. I think that's good. will come along. It's going to work out. Like, don't worry about it. <laughs> You'll get like a fancy sword at some point. It's it's totally cool. <laughs> it's like written in the stars. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you like a, are you like a Zelda fan anyway? Or is just like Wind Waker kind of like a, like a sort of one time thing? Like, hey, I'll try, I'll try this. Right. Um, I, I'm, my father grew up playing Zelda and I watched him um, and I I remember my dad thinking Zelda was just the greatest thing of all time and I grew up like idolizing Your my dad. Your dad was cool. He was a cool dude. Um, he also really liked point and click adventures and like really got me into a lot of random point and click games. 
Um, but he he liked this game, and this was like again. So this is relegated to my like Sonic and Tails time, right? Where I didn't play, but I observed others who were smarter and faster and braver than me, <laughs> and I lived vicariously through them. Um, so my dad played a lot of Zelda, and I always observed him from like the original um, and a link to the past. And uh, I go back in time now, so I didn't like grow up playing these games, but I go back and play them. Um, remembering watching my father or my sister play these games and um, being really wowed by them. Um, and I've played like some of the, the newer ones as well. Um, Link Between Worlds is like uh, really lovely as well. There's yeah. just something specific about Wind Waker's um, world building, I think, that uh, is so special to me. Um, that makes it so iconic and so memorable. And I don't think it's perfect, by the way. Like, I would say, like, um, A Link to the Past might be, like, a better game in terms of design. Okay. Um, so I, I'm not saying it's, like, the mecca of games. I chose it because it calms my bones and I need to <laughs> have games that make me relax. I'm a I can be very stressed all the time, so like it is a game that uh makes me happy. And I think those are also good to have, like a nice happy game. What's like what's like your happy place game, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree and I feel like for a long time Wind Waker was that for me as well. I think the visuals are just kind of something that I've been unmatched in video games in terms of like its own stylistic choice that just warms your heart a little bit. I don't think I, I don't think anyone can hate those graphics in any way or that world. Yeah. Um, so it's a good choice. It's a good choice. I think we're going to have to move on to your next game now, though, because we are fast approaching having to let you go. Um, so why don't I'm we a talk busy, about... I'm a busy woman. I got lots of shows to do. Go I got people yelling at me. They're live streams. They're live, Liam. They're, they're live. And if you're <laughs> not there to no do one. them, it's just an empty chair. <laughs> it's just an empty chair, of course. Although none of these live streams can happen anymore unless you're planning on live streaming from the deserted place, then I, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. I've got bad news for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, you changed my future dramatically. <laughs> I did. I did. You just got a new job as well. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> my life changed real fast. <laughs> well, from Zen-like... Uh, wonderful, peaceful worlds to, to incredibly hell. distressful <laughs> hell games. Um, let's let's listen to some music <laughs> from this next game and let's just have a massive juxtaposition. Let's dive straight into it.
So going from the wonderful, peaceful world of the Wind Waker <laughs> to down a well, literally super fast, super stressful, super super exciting. Um, it's the wonderful roguelike uh, shooter where you go down with your boots. Uh, developed by the wonderful Fumoto Ojiro, who goes by the name Moppin. Uh, it released back in 2015 um, for... PC and for iOS and I uh, got a Vita and PS4 port last year. It's the wonderful scrolling shooter platformer game that is down well. Mary, I thought you liked being like chill and peaced out. What, what's going yeah. on here? Yeah, forget about all that. I didn't, I didn't mean any of that stuff. It's like the real important thing about life <laughs> is the struggle. Uh, we're going to switch paces here. I mean... The truth is, is my nature is a uh, stressed, over-encumbered girl. I take on too much. I uh, shoot for the stars and fail miserably, and that's how I live my life. Um, that's how maybe I've even done the things that I've done that I'm so proud of, is by doing as many things as humanly possible, too many things, being upset about it, and and always aiming for, for more. And uh, Downwell is that for me. It's, uh, it is me. Uh, in a video game. It is asking too much of you. It strikes you down immediately and lets you know that you're stupid. Um, and as you continue to play it, you learn that you've been playing it wrong the whole time. <laughs> and as you learn and play some more, it rewards you for your hard work. Um, I love this game, um, but it does upset me. I just want to be clear. It's completely opposite of Wind Waker. This is not about being zen. This is about being really stressed out and upset all the time. And uh, when I play down well, I have like this furrowed brow look and I look, you know, like I've just read a bunch of Trump's tweets and I'm really like freaking <laughs> out and I, I'm like trying to, trying to do something impossible, which I really believe like every time I beat down well, it feels impossible. It feels like I just did something incredible. So it's a very rewarding game if you put in the time to it. Um, but it is diligent. Like if you pay attention and you learn, uh, you are rewarded for, for that knowledge. Rewarded for your efforts. Yeah. It is one of those games. It's uh, time over anything, really, isn't it? It's investment. It's a game that requires you to invest. It reminds me of all, you know, similar roguelikes like Rogue Legacy. Um, uh, what's the other one I'm playing recently? Uh, Enter the Gungeon. Like, yeah. just all those type of games that when you first start playing them, you're going to get beat. You're going to get fucking beat down hard. But if you invest the time and you stick with it, it doesn't matter if you're good. I think those games cater to hey, you've spent like 10 hours playing this. Like, <laughs> These are our systems that uh, make you understand it a little better. And, uh, you know, maybe now it's not so much of a hell ride that it was 10 hours ago, that kind of thing. That's right, yeah. A lot of people, um, I've seen a lot of people put on their final games list Spelunky. And I think there's a lot of th parallels that you could make to uh, a game like Downwell. It's, it's about learning the rules of the world and how to adapt them. So there yeah. are uh, times where you do everything right and the game says, nah, now nah, you die anyway, fuck you. And you, you have to acknowledge that as, uh, you know, well, that was luck of the draw. There's always things you could have done to prevent that, though. And there's yeah. things that you could have done to make your position a little better. There's things that you can do in every situation to make it out alive. So I feel like that in Downwell, 
that as long as you are learning, and you are, every time you're playing, every time you die, every time you are embarrassedly killed by a bat in like <laughs> level two, and you slap yourself in the forehead, you did learn. So you'd never waste your time in games like that. So these like uh, proc gen games, uh, like uh, Gungeon's also a great example. Even if you feel defeated because you died super early, you are learning. You're learning that you are not immune to getting killed by something that you've seen thousands and thousands of times before. I mean, yeah. even games like Dark Souls or Bloodborne should be constantly reminders that you are not as great. You are always able to be killed. It doesn't matter how many hours you put in. It's like, what have you learned? Mm. So this game does not reward you for time in the sense where, like, if you put in 100 hours, you get enough points that, you know, you'll, like... It does, actually, it does. It kind of gives you um, some nice boots and some, uh, some nice <laughs> bonuses, some color color options. So it does in a sense, but by and large, you will win based on your merit and your knowledge alone. And I, th I think that's cool to, to be rewarded for that. Um, I love the... Uh, I love what it teaches you as well. I love that it's uh, it's encouraging you to do what you instinctively don't want to do, uh, which is kill everything all the time and never dodge. <laughs> well, Moppin seems quite the lovely chap on Twitter and is always responding to people very nicely. He seems quite amazed in a very typical Japanese way that people are even playing his game. So I'm sure he'll be very happy to hear that if he ever does hear you screaming from the Wind Waker Islands about how good this game is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he should... You should know the pain that he's caused people, and I feel like that would also bring a smile to his face. I don't know what kind of... Uh, he seems like a nice guy, but, I mean, he did make this, after It's always all. the nice ones who are the most sadistic ones, isn't it? That's right. But if you get to the bottom of the well, you also find out that he's got a real big heart, because... After all this madness, there's such a nice reward at the bottom of that well. It's very sweet and endearing. Um, I don't want to give it away because if anyone wants to play this game, which I would recommend, and I think yes. uh, not only is your podcast an like an awesome opportunity to just like hang out with people that they like might have seen in a some kind of video or some kind of game content, but it's also discovery, right? Like if if Absolutely. there's people who watch this and or listen to this and they've never you know, given down well a try, like, let this be your golden egg <laughs> of a time to, to realize this is a, this is an incredibly well-made game by a very humble one-person indie team, also known as just one person. I guess when it's just, uh, I don't think you can call it a team. Can one person be a team? Um, I don't know. He, he himself calls himself Moppin. If his team was Moppin and it was just him, I don't know what the technicalities are. But yeah, it's just one dude who makes a game, and he did really damn damn well. He did really good. <laughs> yeah, it's it's got great progression. It, it will stress you out. Um, yes, incredibly but, uh, so. Uh, I say give it a whirl, and uh, if you need more or you want to see someone, I did play it on a Giant Bomb stream and uh, mentally lost it um, <laughs> over the course of, like, however long it took me to beat it. Um, but it's a real good video of me absolutely losing my mind. Um, and, and that's what it does for me. But I, I, I find it really enjoyable and uh, just uh, brilliant, brilliantly designed it makes it brings out the the best and the worst in me excellent well i think it's about time we jump into your next game which technically is an indie game is it technically an indie game um your 
ex-co-colleague, Mr. Danny O'Dwyer, also chose this game. And um, I'm very fascinated right. as to know what GameSpot... Obviously, this game was massive, but it seemed like, out of most places, GameSpot had an incredible fascination with this game. Um, you guys were making video after video and hilarious skits about this next game. Um, I remember Coach Mary very well. Um, yeah. She scared the living shit out of me. Um, <laughs> but let's move on to this next game because I imagine you've got a lot to say. So let's listen to some music for this next game and let's dive straight into it. So the next game on your list, Mary, was released back in 2015 for PC and PlayStation 4. Um, it was a sequel to the excellently named, uh, but didn't do too well, Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars, Battle which Cars. is a game I actually played back in the day. I downloaded it for PSN because I love football, or soccer as you like to call it, and also <laughs> cars. So why not combine the two? It worked well, it was fun, but no one played it. Then they were saying they were going to release a sequel, and I was like, this is pretty crazy. Told some friends who was working with me at Rockstar by the time that this game will be fun. They said, no, fuck you, it won't be. And ha, I was right, because it was one of the <laughs> biggest successes of 2015. And everyone got infatuated with it, including the GameSpot team. This game is Rocket League, and Mary, I knew this was going to be on your list. Yeah, this is a no-brainer for me. This was, uh, I mean, you said it so well this was the game that everyone at GameSpot became obsessed with and we couldn't put it down and we started getting in trouble and I'll probably like repeat a few of the things that uh, Danny said because we were all hooked we got in a lot of trouble we started having rules in place which you never had before I mean we're GameSpot for God's sakes we were supposed to walk <laughs> in and see a bunch of people playing video games but all of a sudden we were playing the same video game all together for three hours a day. <laughs> Our bosses were like, no, seriously, you guys can't do this forever. <laughs> Apparently, um, there's never been rules put in place for stopping people playing a video game uh, since Counter-Strike. Like This was like the first game that uh, we had to have rules about an hour at lunch and you couldn't start playing it until 5.30 because we were addicted and we were playing it too much throughout the day. So this really took the team by storm and we we were not only just so interested in playing it, but we were inspired. Um, you know, we're 
GameSpot is so known for very standard content, right? Like um, tips and tricks videos or news format style videos or yeah. um, reflection pieces. It's not, you know, we don't do crazy YouTube style videos where we're, you know, being silly people and coming up with characters. That's not really, it, I would love for us to do it more. It's just not really our shtick. Um, this game made us all come together and think how can we just do something we've never done before, something just so wild. And uh, we found out that uh, Psionics asked us to uh, fight them, to like, you know, play them in a game. And we said, well, let's, let's make a video of our training session of how we prep for this battle. And <laughs> thus the Rocket League video, music video was born of me, Coach Mary, pushing these three dudes to learn and and play the best game of Rocket League ever, including a giant, I don't even know how big it was, like 10, 12, 15-foot beach ball that we hit with actual cars <laughs> to get prepped for this game. And, of course, we lost miserably. Like, we lost horribly. They even they got a backwards goal where they played backwards and hit the car, hit the ball with the butt of their car back into our goal. We called it a shame goal. It was so embarrassing. <laughs> Um, we lost to like 12 to nothing, but I mean, I think we got like two goals in the third game and that felt pretty good, but n nevertheless, I mean, this is a game that, uh, it's not just a good game, right? This is a cultural hit. This is a phenomena. This, this changed, pretty much smashed the games industry. It's, it's changed the way we perceive sports games. Yeah, it did. It was a it was a sports game as well that in a sense was taken incredibly seriously. Um, you know, being nominated under the sports game category when you then look at what the game actually is, you're like, huh? Ah, yeah. okay, okay, that's weird, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it just it sort of just I don't know. I like I remember I clearly remember for the weeks building up to this game being released because uh, I like like I've always really enjoyed. Sports games, but silly sports games. Like Mario sports games. Or right. just games that take the game, the sports I like in real life, but doesn't simulate them, but gives them wacky rules and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. I was like, yeah, cars and balls. This, this sounds great. Like, and I'm like, hey, guys, do you want to get like a Steam bundle and we can all play together? Like, nah, 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 nah. Nah, it's, it's cool. It doesn't it doesn't look great. And then like six weeks later, every fucker is playing it. And I'm like, fuck it. I told you guys. God damn it. Like, why did you not believe me? But yeah, it did just just come out of nowhere and absolutely ruined the games industry for a long time. <laughs> Yeah, in such a brilliant way, too. They've done yeah. such an incredible job. I, I love that. I mean, I never play sports games. You won't see me playing any kind of soccer or football game. That's just not my forte. I don't find them um, super – like, they're they're not for me. The closest I'll get is, like, um, I'll play, like, NHL uh, just because I like hockey. Um, but that's, like, as far as I'll go. This game – change the way I perceive sports games. I understand now when people scream and stand on couches because they got a goal. I, I used to always just like watch them from afar and just be like, what is that all about? Like, I don't know, like, that's weird. <laughs> now I get it. Like I get the feeling of a last minute goal yeah. or an incredible save that makes you feel like the greatest person on earth. Rocket League gives that to you. It is phenomenal and it is not just an accident, right? Like, this is not a happy accident. This is a tried and tested group of people who 
perfected a game over years. Psionics yeah. took the time to make sure every facet of um, like the physics, the ball, the uh, the environment, the goal sizes, all that shit is calculated <laughs> and, and it shows and yeah. it needed to be. Uh, I love them. I went to uh, Psionics Studios for an announcement. Oh, it was when they announced a, a three extra map pack, the one that looks like a donut and like the double the two tier map. Yes. Um, they sent me uh, there to uh, kind of help push that announcement. And I got to meet a bunch of those guys and they're, they're really rad and I loved love meeting them. But what I loved about them and what I heard time and time again when I was walking around in their studio, they said, um, they said, we, we want to do all these things, like all these extra maps, because we like love changing up the game. But what we, we want at the core of this game is that it doesn't matter if we play it in space, doesn't matter if we make the floor ice, it doesn't matter if you change the gravity. At the end of the day, it's your skills that cause you to win or lose. And like, sure, you can just be like, oh, I don't like, you know, like this map. Like you can, you can say that, but you also need to get good because your skills are what <laughs> cause you to win or lose. That is the core of Rocket League. And I give them a lot of credit for constantly mixing it up so that players have uh, lots of new things that they can enjoy, um, you know, lots of new skins they're always trying to unlock, and they always do this free content, and I just love them for it. But the game, the core game of Rocket League is about your skills. How can you control that car? How well can you control the car and predict what's going to happen? Um, I think that is fundamental to good sports games. I know that now. I can now say safely I understand the core of like what sports games mean to people, although it's just a soccer car game. But I still, I still feel like now I can connect. I can understand why people love sports games the way they do. And Rocket League did that for me. It's, uh, it's just the best. Nice. Well, I, I mean, I don't know what to add to that. I can't even possibly... Move it on. Yeah. Move it along, yeah. Well, let's jump into your next game now, because I also know the next game is another game, I think, that you got incredibly excited about when it came out. And it's another indie game made by one person and one of the most talented people I've ever had the chance to speak to. Um, so let's just dive straight into it with some excellent music. The next game on your list, Mary, as I said, is another indie game. It's a game that was made by one person, the wonderful Concerned Ape, or AKA Eric Barone, um, released under Chucklefish Games. It came out back last year, and also, like Rocket League, 
um, just smashed smashed the, the games industry. And everyone was playing it. Everyone was talking about it. Everyone was posting it on Twitter and everything. It's the heavily inspired uh, farming game, Stardew Valley. Mary, why are you yeah, choosing you Stardew it. Valley? I mean, uh, I, I guess it's self it's self explanatory, but. A lot of people love this game, and it's it deserves its praise. I was surprised with how how fast and far in love I fell with Stardew Valley. I never played any kind of like farming sim or even like a game where you just like join a town and hang out with people. Like I never played things like that. Um, this was out of my comfort zone. I decided to just give it a whirl, and uh, I would say within. Uh, like a good solid four hours, I had determined that this was going to hook me. And it hooked me, it did. It was this kind of game that after work I got excited because I could run home and play it. And um, I would accidentally stay up until three or four in the morning playing it. I wanted to play this game. I wanted to get better at it. I loved the aspect of like... Um, improving my farming and learning about these people. Although to be fair, I should be honest with you, uh, I think everybody praises this game for the social aspect of it, but for the first half of this game, I was completely focused on making money. And all I did <laughs> was try and get as much money as possible. And I didn't give gifts because I was selling everything to make as much money as possible. And I was just this rich, hated person in the town. <laughs> it wasn't until like halfway through the game, I didn't look up anything. I was just playing it my own way that I realized that nobody was talking to me. Like the kids won't talk to you if you don't um, increase your heart meter. So nobody would liked me and I didn't give a shit about it but um someone like <laughs> casually at GameSpot I don't even remember who it was but somebody at GameSpot was like you know that if you like raise their heart meter you get like cutscenes and you learn more about them and I was like what that's wild that's cool like that's a nice little addition I've been making serious cash cash monies this entire time but I guess I could like try to meet people so I played it not incorrectly, I don't think there's an incorrect way to play it, but I played it way differently than I think it was intended. Uh, so when halfway through, and I'm, I mean it, like I'm talking year two, fall. You'd already, I, you'd already to the villages of the the gate. You'd already you, become the crazy old farmer lady on the hill that it, no one ever spoke no to. Nobody liked me. I started giving <laughs> gifts and learning and getting these cutscenes and really falling in love with the game. And I think because I had put so much um, effort into it at this point to make the money that I had made, that uh, it was startling that there was this whole other aspect of the game that I, I never even knew it existed and was also very good. Um, so I never fell in love in the game until like, like the, the yeah, it was like the end of year two or something. It was incredible how long it took me to understand these two wildly different aspects of the game and how they melded together and how how that made me feel. But the whole first half of the game, I love the game because all I wanted to do was get enough money for a horse. It took me forever and I felt really proud of it and I loved like upgrading my skills and having like so much money. Like for a farmer, I was a baller. I had so much money I didn't know what to do with. I like couldn't spend it all and I was just like, best, I'm the best at this game, I've broken it. And then the whole second half of the game, I was like, did you guys know that you can fall in love? And I was like, <laughs> really excited. Uh, I was uh, thrown for a loop because I, I avoided 
any spoilers with that game. So every cutscene, every every little thing I found um, just blew me away. It had so much heart and so much care, and it appeals to both types of people, right? Like if you if you want to learn about people and, and fall in love, you can do that. But if you like just want to be just the most badass farmer with a really organized plot and make lots of money and find lots of secrets in the world, you can do that too. Like you you play it how you want. I made a video about that. Like I think it's important that you you play games the way you you feel like it. Yeah. Stardew Valley is the ultimate. Like you you play it how you want. Like wh- however you, what kind of person you want to be, you do it. That is, I mean, there's really nothing more you can say to that. Like that's what video games are all about, right? If they're not like sort of those linear shooters in a way that you know that's a that's a crafted gameplay style that's what the developers want you to do but when like someone makes a game like stardew valley where there is all these elements and no wonder stardew valley got the praise it did and the attention it did because of you know you you could have gone on playing this really good farming simulator game without ever knowing about that and you you would have had fun right like anyway but then there's yeah. this whole other element to it this whole other thing that people got fascinated with that kind of leaves the farming bit on the wayside and it's like just an ever expansive sort of world in a sense yeah it's really good also in in a way that you can redo it a many many times and still have a completely different experience so if i play this game again which i did i started like a new um a new character when it came out on console and I was like, I'm going to be way more giving from the beginning. And uh, my relationships have changed. And I'm falling in love with a different person. And that's changed the dynamic. Because the characters that you decide to fall in love with or not uh, have huge impacts on the world. Which I, I think is really brilliant and a, a testament to the world building uh, in that game. But I mean, uh, I don't want to give it away. But like, if you fall in love with, uh, you know, the writer that lives on the ocean, you have a totally different experience than if you follow, um, you know, you fall in love with the recluse who lives in his parents' basement and codes. And um, that's really special to me. So in regards to your roles and being on this island, I would be just as excited to play it and, um, you know, be a hardworking dude who just wants to fall in love with uh the school teacher who teaches two kids every day and have a really simple life, I can do that. But I could also be like a badass renegade who hates everyone and makes lots of money and uh, you know, <laughs> supports the JoJo Mart. And like, I can do that if I want to. And I, I think that's cool. So I would, I would enjoy both of those. Comes out. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I would uh, go all the way and just like be the most hated person. Uh, but this game would still give you that drive to figure it out and to see. And I guarantee you there's cutscenes for being that evil person and i want to see them so i i like that it does that excellent well i think it's about time we move on to your next game we have to push forward as we have three games left and only 20 minutes to talk about them and we want to give them the justice we can so let's move on to your next game and let's listen to some music and dive straight into it
Okay, Mary, so jumping into your next game, um, we, we like juxtapositions on this show. So we're going we're gonna to move on once again from a beautiful, lovely, calming, peaceful <laughs> world into essentially a hell zone, apocalypse on Earth, um, but fun apocalypse, massively fun apocalypse, a game developed by Valve. Um, it's a sequel to the wonderful game Left 4 Dead. It was released for PC, Xbox 360, all the way back in 2009. It's the first person team shooter, or, you know, you can play solo too. Um, it's Left 4 Dead 2. Mary, why are you taking Left 4 Dead 2 with you? Gotta have it. Um, zombie apocalypse is very popular right now. It's so hot right now. <laughs> it's um, this this summer's new hot thing. Oh, it's just it's, I feel like it's, been it's just the latest. Everybody's been doing this shit for years. <laughs> It'll never die. Uh, which is representative of what it is. But I mean, I, I zombie culture has hit me like a ton of bricks. I used to be obsessed with zombie movies. Um, I love, I still am. Um, I love Part like, of the classics. problem. Part of the problem. That's Part right. Of the problem. Uh, <laughs> I ingest it all. Come to my side. It's really nice <laughs> over here. Um, I'm the kind of person that is like really, I uh, really enjoy thinking about what would happen if a zombie apocalypse happened wherever I am, including work or um, home. I have like weird escape routes that I've already pre-planned based on like where I am and what time of day it is and where I'll go. I love that kind of stuff. And um, Left 4 Dead was the first game that gave me that feeling of what I would do in an actual zombie scenario. And it's probably hook up with three other smart people who will not let that car alarm go off and play really brilliantly <laughs> and we will work together to survive it seems far-fetched and it is but in my brain when i'm already considering such a crazy thing such as a zombie apocalypse it seems probable. It seems probable that you would have to collect gas cans enough to, like, you know, get a car out of there in time. All these things seem reasonable that you would have to just survive until the helicopter picks you up. And I love the fantasy of it. It sounds weird. That's a really weird use made, of the you, word fantasy, you, but... <laughs> you sort of just made me think of something that I've never really thought about. <clears throat> Is that if there was really a zombie apocalypse or a zombie outbreak... Um, isn't it weird that the only people who'd survive would be video gamers? Because they're yeah. like they're like the only people who are really prepared for this. They're thinking about it all the time. I mean, they even say like like modern people who like have to shoot a lot if they've been playing a lot of video games. Sometimes they have like better uh, sights or they're calmer when they're shooting because they have familiarity with it. Like I feel like if I saw in a zombie apocalypse, like a weird kind of skinny lady who was like crying in a corner, I'd be like, don't touch her. Like you leave her be. And that would save my life one day because that's <laughs> fucking witch and she's going to kill you. And those are like important lessons to learn. Stay quiet, stay hidden, keep moving. Don't sit around. Don't argue. I mean, those are like legitimate lessons you shouldn't be sitting around yelling at someone for making a mistake you have to move on this game is all about working together and when i first started playing this with my friends i was the problem that's beautiful like i was always <laughs> yelling at people like you're the, the mistake yeah you're the one who should, like you're missing your shots 
you're the one who's, who's messing up. But the truth is, is that the, the best people to have on your team are the people who don't complain, acknowledge the best thing to do in any given scenario, and just don't blame others. It's not about like deciding who, who messed up. It's about how you can surpass the current issue. Um, and if you can get four people to do that, like four people together, you can accomplish pretty spectacular things. Left for Dead makes you feel like you are not going to do it. Like it is impossible. There's so many scenarios, like being in like the dilapidated house at the end of a level where like all these special infected are coming out for you. It is overwhelming but if you have the right crew man it feels feels like you guys all became best friends and I, th I think I did I think the people I played with um, when I was introduced to this game I had like determined they were the smartest best people I had ever met because of this game <laughs> they were way better than me and they taught me to shut up and they taught me to listen and learn and and be a team player um, lessons I have from left for dead I think are fair in the real world like they work <laughs> i feel <clears throat> i feel quite bad that we're having this conversation now and i'm coming to the slow realization that i would be fucking useless in the zombie apocalypse i think <laughs> i would be panic like or yelling I or what no i wouldn't panic but i would probably would just not really know what to do i don't think i'm, I'm pretty i'm pretty resourceful i'm pretty useful in a situation but i feel like there are all these people who maybe have played like zombie games for a long time or like in your incredibly extreme case where you know the exits of the building in which you're going to get out of in case. Um, right. But I don't think like, I think if I picked up a gun, I'd be like, what? What do I, what do I do with this? What, what, what am I doing? I'll be the guy who carries all the shit. You guys just shoot. <laughs> I think that would be like, <laughs> you could be the guy who carries the gnome and the gnome run and we'll just, we'll do all the other stuff. Yeah. I think, I think that would be it. I'm just coming to the realization that I might as well just lay down and be food. I think for fear of luring anyone else to their deaths with my mistakes. Well, being the sacrifice in a zombie scenario is one of the most important roles a group can have. Don't you so. patronize me. Don't you patronize <laughs> me. Just because I'm zombie food and I can't fight back doesn't mean you can patronize me. I have feelings, you know. Meat, when we're meat, in the helicopter, has, we'll be like, this is for Meat has feelings. <laughs> this is for you. We'll never forget you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like just the holding a middle finger up while being eaten. Just go on, guys. <laughs> go on without me. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for protecting me while I carried all your gear. <laughs> <laughs> You're in our hearts. It's like a memoriam, you know. Like you live through us. You know. Like when I have a great life, I'll be like, oh yeah, Liam would have loved this. But we think about you a lot. I always find that funny when, like, in films, they're like, he lives on through you. And you, I can always just picture them, like, I'm not religious in any way, but I can picture them in heaven just screaming down, like, I'm fucking dead. Fuck I you. Wish I was alive. I <laughs> That's not good enough. <laughs> I want to be able to taste spaghetti again. Like <laughs> <laughs> and it looks like they're really enjoying it, too. Like, it looks really good. <laughs> Fuck you. Oh, yeah. That'd be useless. But you're going to a safe space. You're going to the deserted place. So I don't think you have... To, I think you're almost disappointed at the fact that you wouldn't have to worry about zombies, right? Yeah. I think, uh, you know... Are you one of those people is, who are, like, secretly wishing that it happens? Like, there I are those people have a weird... <laughs> I have a weird fascination with it, yeah. I don't think I would 
want it to happen, but I, I often go to sleep thinking about it. How's that weird? That's weird. Um, it's like a, it's a scenario that calms me because it stops me from thinking about my current problems or, you know, the world's problems, Does the government's it problems. perspective, like... Yeah, yeah, if, if like zombies if zombie, are out, everybody's kind of uh, got to work together. You know, it's if, humanity against them. If the zombies come out, now. Donald Trump is just the same as all of us. He's just me That's right. to those guys. That's right. When, I get you that. Know, it's like everything becomes perspective. It's like the same thing um, like astronauts say, right? Like when they like go out into space and they're like, we're all like these little... These little dudes walking around in this rock in the middle of nothing. It's like nothing puts life in perspective like a bunch of zombies because you're like, oh, right. Oh, I give a shit who gets married when there's undead ripping people's brains out and consuming them. We got big problems now. Like that is perspective. So I don't know. It's I would not wish a zombie apocalypse on the world, but it yeah, helps please, calm Please me. don't because the meat, meat, meat bags like me, you know. <laughs> I won't strictly for your survival. I I wish this to continue. I would like to play Mario Odyssey before before dying. Is that okay? Can I? Yeah, have yeah. That? Please, can I have we'll that? We'll do it like on my last day or something like the yeah, same, okay. The same thing like people who don't believe in global warming. Think, yeah. Like they're just like secretly they're like, well, if it happens like when I die or like after yeah. Yeah. I've lived, like that's not my that's like my kids' problem. Yeah. Like, Anything that happens after I expire is like your yeah, problem. I don't care. Like, that's future Mary's problem. I don't worry about that. Present well, Mary doesn't give a shit. <laughs> it's like one of those things. It's like if I stay up late tonight, I can play video games, but you'll hate yourself in the morning. Eh, it'll be That's fine. You wake up in the morning, you're like, oh, for fuck's sakes, why did I do that? <laughs> That's because, future self because getting fucked you don't by give a shit self. about future Mary. Future <laughs> Mary. That's a problem for future Mary. <laughs> well, future Mary is going to be playing this next game because I think we have to really push on now. Um, so right. why don't we listen to some music from this next game and let's drop the zombies and start talking about cute little robots instead. Oh, hey, would you look at that? It's another indie game, Mary. Wow. Yeah, I'm seeing a trend. Yeah, I'm seeing a trend. And you've spaced it out between what seems to be AAA games. Whether you can admit that Sonic Pinball, Spinball, was a AAA game. I mean, (laughs) it was released by Sega, but it was made by a small team in 60 days. That's like as indie as it gets. Like, super indie. But (laughs) this next game is quite, I think it's... Maybe going back to that point-and-click adventure you spoke about with your dad a little bit previously. 
It's a game developed yeah. by Ami Anata Design, and um, it released oh quite a long time ago now, in, back in 2009 for PC, and then it received ports for the iPad, for Android, for the PSN, and all those wonderful things. And uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce it in what is the correct way. Is it Machinarium or Machinarium or... Um, yeah, I call it Mechanarium or Machinarium. Yeah. So this next game is uh, a game about a little robot. Um, Mary, why are you taking this with you? This seems like that kind of game that you were talking about where there is no sort of um, <clears throat> deviation from the linear path in a way. Yeah, you're right. Um, I took this for personal reasons. Um, this game had a profound impact on my life, I would say. This is when I decided to make a pretty big shift with my career. I was working in film and I, uh, as you know, I, I went for video production and I uh, was working at a film company and I liked it, it was pretty cool. Um, but I, I was starting to mix it up and, and play some, some indie games. Um, when I played Machinarium, I started to shift my perspective that independent video games um, just altered the way I viewed the world. And they did it because the people who designed them had the creative freedom to make whatever they wanted, be damned if it sold a lot or met the standards of large waves of people. They, they, they made what felt good to them. And Machinarium really felt like that to me. It's very strange and awkward, and um, uh, it's so unique. You know, you're just like this robot dude trying to make his way. It is a point-and-click adventure, you know, but it's like you're in a machine world, and everything is, is really beautifully built, and it, it's got such an amazing soundtrack that um, sounds very mechanical, kind of like somebody's, you know, playing with pipes, um, and I kind of got sucked into this world. But more importantly, I actually just I started thinking about the developer a lot. I started thinking about like what their heads were like when they were making something that just seemed so different, so incredibly unique, um, that I decided that I wanted to start helping indie games. And I made a company called IndieViddy where I just wanted to like make trailers and marketing for indie games because I wanted them to be in the world. Um, I started really small, just like making trailers for like really small games. And um, um, I was working at the time with a company who was starting to help indie games. And that was really cool because I was doing all their marketing and trailers and it kind of like, kind of like all smoothed out. And I felt, well, I mean, it's just a huge transition in my life where I felt like I was doing good because I was helping other people find something that I truly believed in. And I don't think there's anything worse than probably working and doing marketing for something that you're like, this is absolute drivel, but please buy it because it's my job. I <laughs> need you to get it. I believe in these games and I don't I didn't market them because I was getting paid. I believed I was I was marketing them because I I, I wanted everyone to try them. Um, Machinarium is a beautiful story. It's super simple. It's very clean. It's wonderfully told. Um, it's got brilliant characters. And uh, again, the track, like I listen to the, I listen to the Machinarium track, like when I'm uh, often at the airport for some reason, because um, it just reminds me of like busy people doing things. But imagine if they were like all little robot people. That's what it's like. And 
it is just such a, a well-done game, and I think the world should know about it. And I don't care um, what platform I have. I just think it's, like, one of the best games, and it, it changed my life. So that's why I chose it. It is a point-and-click adventure, which means on this island, I do myself a huge disservice because I'm playing the same damn story every time. Um <laughs> But my <clears throat> my answer to that would be that I will just listen to the soundtrack and kick it, and I'll like open up a coconut on the island and just like listen yeah. to the to the soundtrack. I don't I don't even want to I'm not even going to ask you any questions about that because that was that was incredibly a, a wonderful story and very very explanatory as to why you chose it. So I think I think we'll leave that as it was. Mm. Mary, I think it's about time then that we move into your last game now. Unfortunately, right. we do have to send you off, um, which is disappointing because uh, some of the most recent episodes have been so much fun, and this one is one of them as well. I've had so much fun talking to you. Um, so we have to get into the last game, which, once again, Mary, what a wonderful juxtaposition. You are the queen of changing the tone here, and we're going to go I'm a from- complicated human. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots of, I have well, lots of feelings inside you, of me. You, 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 you're... you're um, you you keep flip flopping between two certain tones though, like zen like peaceful states, and then just hell blown shoot the <laughs> shit out of everything, like just guns galore. Hey, like everything. let's let's do it. So why don't we listen to some unfortunately some very <laughs> kind of dull monotone monotone music? I've always found the soundtrack to this game <laughs> really dull. So um, it's not for the soundtrack, I promise you that. Yeah, you do not listen. I, to I this can imagine the so. Um, so you can <laughs> if you can get through the next one minute of uh, dull music, then you can hear the next game, which is Mary's final game. Jumping into Mary's final game today is, of course, it's another game that's got guns in it. We have to contrast the zen with the hell. It's mm. like yin and yang. Your like final games list is like the perfect yin and yang, I feel. I have a lot of internal conflict. <laughs> but it's a, it's a game that was developed with by Valve in uh, cooperation with Turtle Rock Studios. Um, rest in peace, those guys. Um... And I think at the time, like, for retail, it was distributed by EA, which seems really weird. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. it was made on the Source engine. It was a remake of the original Counter-Strike. It released back in 2004. First-person shooter, Counter-Strike Source. Mary, why is Counter-Strike Source going with you? And why is it your final game? Uh, yeah, that's cool. I, I, I wonder if I thought this one fully through. I love Counter-Strike because it was um, intrinsic to my story as a gamer, 
but I, I picked this a lot because I thought um, all my friends play it, and um, it was kind of the first shooter that I played where I was also, again, this is very Left 4 Dead, right? I was really bad, and all my... Uh, all my friends, instead of like making fun of me and like telling me how shit I was at games, they taught me. And they had a lot of patience with me. I really mean that. Like a lot of patience with like teaching me different weapons and like um, like the best combos and like what was good for my style, right? Because like I was really bad. So they were like, take this shotgun and stand in a corner. And anytime you see anything, shoot because. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, just shoot away. And I was like, okay, I can do that. And then, um, you know, as I was getting better, they were like, all right, now try this, like, try the deagle. Like, see how that feels. And um, as long as you can, like, get a headshot, like, you can you can really start to ramp it up. So, like, I started, I started picking that up. And I, I felt really proud of my progression as a gamer. Um, and I still truly believe, like, I'm not uh, a very good shooter person. Like, I'm not, I would not pick me for the team. But... I loved how much better I got. And I truly did get better because I was shit. And uh, now I'm functional <laughs> and hide in the background. But my friends supported me full-heartedly. And I think in a, in a island in which I am alone and I am sad and I uh, feel like I have no one, and even if I can't hear them, I believe those are the rules, but even if I could play with some people yeah. that I know and we're working together to accomplish a task... Um, that source will make me feel like I'm not alone because that game is about working together. It's about friendship, I believe, even in a weird way because it takes a lot of patience and trust. And uh, taking down terrorists together. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what, well, how else do you make friends but taking down terrorists or possibly being, being terrorists? terrorists yeah. <laughs> I mean, that makes best friends. I, I had some uh, really good friends back. I still have them. They're, like, friends for life. But, like, back in the day, like, um, I really felt like I just got this nice, nice tight crew of incredible good shooter friends who could easily take down a whole team. And I was this sloppy, crappy person that they allowed on their team and made me feel really good about myself. I almost picked Overwatch, but this game is is true. This is like the true game of friendship, of people doing their best to overcome impossible odds and uh, teach each other. I was taught a lot in Counter-Strike and um, I, I feel quite proud of my time in it. Um, I feel like I will not be alone even on an island in the middle of nowhere, if I got some buddies and we're playing together on a good map, probably office, and I would just like focus on that for a really long time. And then uh, one day I would just die on the island. But I don't feel like I would notice. If I've lost a lot of hours in Counter-Strike, you know, like hours <laughs> You would have by. just wasted away to the point where you're like, oh so yeah. I've yeah, I'd be, like, pretty cool with it. Like, I would just play a lot, and I'd feel really good about it, and then one one day I'd be gone. That, seem, that seems good. That seems like a good way to go. That'd be, like, my retirement game, you know? Like you just play. That's, like, where you go to Florida. <laughs> I would just play Counter-Strike, and then one day I'd die. <laughs> Counter-Strike, the place where people go to die. <laughs> in-game and out-game. I mean... It's- I mean, if, like, gaming cafes in China or anything to go by, I mean, it literally does happen. Like, to, <laughs> it does. 
to people like who spend too long playing Counter Strike. They actually do, and just, that's okay. Just die. Yeah, they just keel over. Like, I mean, that's a good way to go, right? Like, I mean, nobody <laughs> wants to go to, like uh, some long. They just sit there day. and they're like. I'm okay with this. I'm okay. I'm yeah. Okay. I'm fine with this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my APM was going down. I wasn't feeling super hot. And then one day you just, you just keel over. But like, yeah, the time, time <laughs> goes by real fast with that one. But uh, the memories I have with friends, um, you know, achieving victories and, and there's never, you're never perfect, right? Like you're never done learning. That would be like another one. Like if someone picked like, um, this is totally different, but like if someone picked like Dota or something, like there's so many fucking rules, you'll never be done learning. So you can just play that until you go. Yeah. And, and I feel that way about Counter-Strike. Like I'll never know all the subtle nuances. I was still constantly making mistakes where I'd peep my head out and uh, <laughs> just get completely annihilated because I didn't realize that that's where the sniper goes. Uh, so I'm still learning a lot of those rules. I like that. I, I uh, enjoy the, the aspect of that. So to me... Um, uh, I could continue playing that for many, many, many years. Um, and I picked Source, not Go, just because of the nostalgia of that was my first when I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, but I would also take Go if I could. If I could get, like, a, a pack. Is that in the rules? If I could get, like, a, like a Counter-Strike pack and get them all, I'd probably do that. I'd I mean, cheat. I would have to say no, but at this point, after everything we've spoken about in terms of like shooting things and killing things, Cruel. I'm actually I'm actually rather <laughs> scared of you. So I feel like if I denied you this, you'd put a gun to my head or throw me from a window or feed me to zombies. I'm not sure. So uh, if, well, you maybe. don't know because maybe maybe I would uh, I would just make a lot of money and build a beautiful garden and like get married and just be happy. Like you just don't know. Like, that's that's depends. true, but at the same time, I also feel like. On your wedding day, you could be like to whoever <laughs> in Stardew Valley, you could be like Liam, where the where the fuck is Counter Strike Go? Like, <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. I'll unleash I'll unleash zombies upon this whole crowd of wonderful Stardew Valley NPCs, and I'll ruin everything. You do not want this on this the day of my wedding. Get on this the, game. the day of my wedding, <laughs> I will end you. <laughs> Maybe it can be a wedding wedding gift, wedding day gift. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. <laughs> I will truly, spare you. Truly out of fear, I can assure you. <laughs> that's how I accomplish most of my tasks. <laughs> hey, we've all seen Coach Mary. Come on. Like, that's right. We know, Intimidation we know, and fear. We know the rage that fills it, the, the, the incredibly well-channeled rage that can come out. It is the most effective. <laughs> well, Mary, we have come to the end of your final games list. And we do have to send you away now to the wonderful world of Wind Waker, which I feel like right now is too peaceful <sighs> for you. Too peaceful. I need it. I need that other side or I could have a heart attack at any moment. So thank you for... <laughs> the stress. The building. The building of stress. But there I is one last thing I have to ask you. Okay. Um, and that is like the last question I ask every guest. And although we have spoken about games, uh, another important aspect of gaming and memories around gaming is the sort of hardware that we play the games on and the wonderful experiences we have um, playing Nintendo, playing Sega, playing PlayStation, all those wonderful things. But if you could choose just one console, and you're not allowed to choose PC, I'm sorry, because you can emulate the shit out of everything on that thing. Um, right. If you could choose just one console, thinking of the back catalog in your mind, um, to take with you, what console would you take? <laughs> the zombies have got you. That was the sound of the zombies eating you. Oh, so I can't answer the zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the feed. Cut the feed. <laughs> ah, 
I'd probably take... Um, it's a tough one. You, I mean, all my games come from different consoles, you know? I've really spread yes. myself thin because you can't really play... I'd prefer to play a shooter on PC. I would... Um, Sonic and all my uh, games from my past are on Genesis. Um, I would say I would go with my PS4 because it contains um, a nice def blend of Rocket League, Stardew Valley... Um, there's a lot of games on there that I could enjoy for a long time. And so because it, it covers that death blend for me, I would, I would do that. Well, the PlayStation 4 is, is yours to take, as well as these eight wonderful contrasting tones of games that you have chosen. And Mary, can I say it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. It's been so much fun. Thank you for having me. I really um, love this podcast and I, I love what it does, not just to talk about people's lives and um, showing stuff outside of just what they talk about when they talk about video games because there are humans behind those people, right? And it gets you a little, yeah. a little behind the scenes of them, but also just a nice platform to talk about games that maybe we don't always get to talk about. So this yeah. is a huge opportunity and I'm so grateful for it. So thank you. No problem. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on and I hope we can do something similar again or if at all costs in the last remnants of humanity in a zombie apocalypse, I would be honored if you could protect me as the meat bag. I'll carry the stuff. You can shoot your way I through things for me. I will carry you onward as so many of my gamer friends have done for me on my darkest days. I will hurl you into that helicopter. <laughs> well, Mary, please tell the wonderful people who have listened so far where they can find you on the internet and what they should be checking out just before you leave. Uh, you can find me at Mary Kish. That's M-E-R-R-Y-K-I-S-H on Twitter. And that's also my Twitch username. Uh, please uh, follow along on my crazy and wonderful life because there's a lot more coming so thank you guys so much do it do it well thank you so much for listening to this episode of final games this has been the 47th episode and you can find us on twitter at final game show you can also find me on twitter where i talk about video games in japan most of the time i'm kind of predictable like that at liam bme and you can also find the show on itunes and soundcloud and all those podcasting things that you can do thank you for listening to this episode and i hope to see you again next week goodbye <laughs>